Welcome to Cold Pizza, our weekly podcast from Christ the Lord Church in Dayton, Ohio, where we take the opportunity to squeeze out every last bit we can from the proclamation of God's Word on Sunday. It's our chance to sit down with a preacher and tackle any further questions, applications, or other bits of leftover crust to chew on that didn't make it into the main meal. So, grab a slice and join us this week with Pastor Matt. Hey guys! This week's sermon was titled, uh, Perseverance and a Priest. <laughs> The forthcoming book from C.S. Lewis? No, uh, it's more like a forthcoming song from like Judas Priest Judas or Priest. or Journey or something like that. Perseverance of the Journey. Yeah, yeah, we go. Well, with it faithfully. Uh, <laughs> so this is from Hebrews chapter 5, verses 1 through 6. Uh, we're into a new chapter and moving at a nice crisp uh, <laughs> pace through Hebrews. I think this is week 17, if I remember right. Um, uh, so we're in we're in the slog. We're, we're clipping along, man. But we are, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I almost slowed us way down. Well, I was gonna say the reminder to people would be that I, I think in some senses, particularly because we as preachers keep complaining about having to like stay in our passage, <laughs> as they're like, "Well, just take more, just do the chapter or whatever." And we're like, "Well, there's the other way. We could go like two verses." See. See that like staying in in R is generally not a struggle for me, and, and here's why: for good or bad. Usually, when I'm in a passage, I like just look at that passage, and I don't like look at anything else. <laughs> and I, sometimes that's bad. It's, yes, that's but, a but like it's a cardinal rule. <laughs> I, well, no, no, no. Like I've got the context in my head. That's you but, need but, to lead with that. <laughs> but I'm but I'm not like I'm not I don't. Ooh, I'm gonna quote this over here, and ooh, I'm gonna quote yeah. this over here, and ooh, I'm gonna quote this over here, and ooh, I'm, gonna, I'm not saying that's bad. It's just, just not my style. I, I've been since the early days of, um, you know, preaching through Colossians and yeah. Ephesians. It's just, hey, here's my thirty words that I get to deal with this week, and that's mm-hmm. just, that's just it. And yep. I mean, some of that could be just mental capacity for me, and, and trying to bring in everything else. I, I, I don't know. I just, uh. Yeah, well, we'll I said stay you, right there. We'll slow you down to two verses, you have fifteen words. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's why I was like last week. I'm like, oh man, he was tempted as we are, but without sin. And that phrase, yeah, it captured you. And, and then I heard a uh, a blog post by um, uh, Wilson, uh, by Doug Wilson, applying that to uh, homosexual temptation. Mm. And I'm like, man, like this is just. Stellar. That's where I heard the the bones, um, Jesus's bones. Can they be broken? Yes and no. By nature, yes. By by uh, by God's sovereign decree, no. I'm like, man, that's a great uh, explanation. And how does so? How does temptation and and where without without getting into preaching that right now, like I'm tempted <laughs> to. I, I think uh, the understanding of like when we are tempted, but within a second you say no and walk away mm-hmm. that you've in Wilson's words navigated that appropriately the fact that it seemed good to you for the moment should be seen as a distinct issue from then acting on the thing in temptation and so you in that moment you uh, you know within a second you say no and you deny the flesh, you deny that appeal, 
you you don't need to repent for the sin of 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 acting on that but there's still that as he said that that kink in your nature a clear desire that clear desire which is what james talks about and what he says is and and this was this is really helpful for me because i think what happens is that that little piece right there for most people who are uh, further along in their walk who are not acting on lots of sin uh, still walk with a lot of guilt because of that that moment that it seemed good mm-hmm. and his his encouragement to deal with that differently so so if you act on it then you say lord I, you got to walk out full confession and repentance mm-hmm. uh and all that that means and, and, and I think we're I think the people who are listening here know know what that means but the way you deal with that that first moment is is different and you deal with that by saying thank god my old man has died with christ mm-hmm. he's dead yeah and and that's different so that's that's confessing like your sin nature mm-hmm. but the the deal is that is not dealt with in sanctification like so so when you act on it that's dealt with in the sanctification category but the the it seemed good for that moment is dealt with in the justification category yeah because that 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 still fleshly residue is dead mm-hmm. and it was dead with Jesus and we should walk away going thank god he was it's dead with Christ yeah and it was buried in the in the tomb and so that's different. That's way different than oh man, now I got to confess that, and I got to walk in repentance for all that, and and like and live with that guilt. When when no, we should walk away in victory, saying, mm-hmm. "Well, it's dead." Yeah. And that, man, I think for those further along in their walk, that is just it's a big deal. That's a huge deal. That's a huge deal. Yeah. And I that was that was so encouraging to me, and it was one of those I was tempted to just seize the moment. Yeah. Um, Well, for the second time in two weeks, guys, this has been Cold Pizza. We'll see you guys next week. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. Goodbye. (laughs) No, this is big pieces that really just land. And and, uh, and frankly, that kind of thinking is paradigm shifting. I mean, that's what you're actually finally tackling is the paradigm with which you think about your temptations and your responsibility, even Mm -hmm. culpability on some of those things. So, yeah, that's huge. I want yeah. to find a time for you to preach that message. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking maybe we could do like a um a, a, a semi warm cold pizza or something. <laughs> hot pizza. Hot and ready. It's hot pizza. <laughs> Just give me like twenty five minutes or something and yeah. and we could be a little more dialogical and uh-huh. kind of walk through that. So yeah, that would be know. good. So getting into this week's uh, particular sermon, uh, the main points were um let's see. <laughs> this first long one the high priestly office represents being brought back into fellowship with god uh then second up jesus the high priest and then jesus was appointed as high priest yeah and, and i I can see on your notes there you you missed the last point which was perseverance and a priest so oh, i missed that because i was getting ready to get on the stage uh yep <laughs> i remember you talking about perseverance but uh, I'm just be, saying that because a few weeks ago I had seven points, but only six. And yeah. Well, and this was this last point actually had to do with your title too, so that's helpful. Um, 
But inside this, when we think about perseverance, that's been the hot topic that we've been talking about over the past months. However, a lot of that perseverance is, gets blinded by the, the concern of assurance. And, and I appreciate you launching into this picture of our assurance, our perseverance being assured, just helping continue to tie and knit those two things together that we have wrongfully bifurcated in our, mm-hmm. in our Christian culture. And so I think a lot of that is because of the eternal security perspective on it versus the perseverance of the saints. Yeah. Because if yeah. you have an eternal security perspective alone and try to partner it with the passage that you had this week, it, it just it, it doesn't marry like it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. It has the wrong emphases. And so that knitting together, I think, was, was really, really great. Um, what, one what, other what, what most people here's the let me in, inject this real quick that's your job um, <laughs> that's why you're here that's right <laughs> what most people uh, and, and i remember i remember having moments in my own childhood where i was quote doubting my salvation um and i remember having those conversations and, and i think you know my, my parents and and grandparents at the time did um did a good job and and really tried to care for me in those times um, but, I, but I think, so if, if, if it's eternally, if the eternal security piece is just, well, once I'm saved, I'm always saved and end of discussion, just believe it and move on mm-hmm. essentially. Um, but perseverance is I, now I've got, I, I have got to walk this thing out. Yeah. I've got to persevere in my salvation. Mm-hmm then the idea of assurance sets incredibly different in both of those categories. Absolutely. In their respective category. In the eternal security category of I was saved, it's secure, believe it, move on. In that category, assurance is uh, looking back at a moment, did that moment actually happen? Yeah. Okay. But in the second category... And then even if it did happen, was it meaningfully so that it really, really happened? Yes, yes, absolutely. (laughs) Yep, absolutely. But then the second category of perseverance, assurance is framed incredibly different. It's applied very different in that that question. And that is, um, will I continue to do and walk as God requires? Um, You know, in the Westminster... Shorter Catechism says says that you know, what are the principles? What do the scriptures principally teach? The scriptures principally teach what God is to uh, what man is to believe concerning God and what duties God requires of man. Yeah, and that perseverance in those duties. The question is: Is will I? What assurance do I have that I will persevere in that? Mm-hmm. Which was the point of the sermon on Sunday. Yep. This incredibly powerful, active priest who's qualified for the job and has the ability to do something about it mm-hmm. is the assurance. Well, not just is qualified to do something, but has has done. So your, your point was that our perseverance is assured by the past and present work of our king priest, Jesus. Mm-hmm. The why and the how. That was a big component that I was stressing when I got back from sabbatical was the king of God, mm-hmm. particularly of Christ, uh, when we're thinking of him as our Messiah, as a deliverer, mm-hmm. and we lose that picture of Messiah, which is what the Jews were looking for specifically, very specifically. Yeah. 
And when we just throw it together as Jesus, which is his name, uh, but even Christ, we still just lose so much picture of the function of what he's doing as both king, as priest, as deliverer. Yeah. Uh, well, someone, someone I read, I forget who it was now, but but basically made the point, or, or maybe they impl- implied something and I just made the point in my <laughs> in my head, was that if if the if the Jews would have recognized, I mean, and this was sin that they didn't, or if they would have believed in this point from this past sermon that the deliverer they were looking for, they would have seen. Mm-hmm. Because it is this, because they were looking for this physical king ruler to come set the physical captives free. Well, Jesus did. Yeah. He did. Yeah. I mean, so this the, this tie to Melchizedek mm-hmm. and this tie to the son who is the heir of all things is the king. Mm-hmm. It's the king they, they were looking for. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. The fun part for me now, though, is that when people quote Psalm 2, it, it just sounds wrong to me because I've memorized the song <laughs> from, from Sove. So the phrasing is different and all that, yes. Uh, <laughs> I was reciting it with you. Yeah, the the ongoing component, the the why and the how is huge. And so what I wanted to drive in on here and bring this component up is that uh, you said he doesn't continue to offer sacrifice because that is finished. Done. done. It's finished. But he does continue to work to – I like this, this language. I, I think this is what you said, but this is what I have, so one of us gets credit. Um, he does continue to work to mature fellowship. That's what we've been really trying to emphasize in do sheep things. Yeah. Continue to know your shepherd, maturing their relationship, moving on from the pit. You're no longer in shadows pit. You've moved out. The rest of all Christian life, as you or, or Jeff said uh, the past weeks, is about moving away from the pit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Jeff us, said that. Yeah, it pushes us into Galatians six ones. You who are spiritual, restore those who are caught in transgressions, and so. This idea of maturing fellowship, really, that's that's what we've got to be zeroed in on. That's what he's getting ready to rebuke them on mm-hmm. at the end of the chapter. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think... Um, so I, I did not say mature fellowship uh, or maturing fellowship. So either you read that into it or maybe Jeff said that in the communion devotional. Um, what I said was, um, was keeping and maintaining fellowship, mm. um, which is... Uh, which includes, I think, the maturing fellowship side. Yeah, it, absolutely. It includes that. Um, but even more fundamentally, he's the one that it keeps us in the game. Yeah, yeah. He's the one that, it, it, you know, the priest... That, that's even, more on even, the perseverance component. Yeah, exactly. The, the priest in the Old Testament was not just a one and done and get in there and do the sacrifice, but he was a physical, visible reminder to the people. Mm-hmm. That wasn't just the prophet's roles, yeah. but the priest himself was to, was. that's why they had a, an entire priesthood, one of the reasons, an entire Levitical priesthood was dedicated to this, that, that these people represent God's people to God, but also God to God's people, mm-hmm. and as a serve as a daily, regular reminder of what duties God requires of man, yep, and and who God, who God is. Mm-hmm. So, Jesus is still actively doing that, 
Yeah. And and that then results in the the maturation of God's people, mm-hmm. um, as it relates particularly here to to fellowship. Well, to what you said just shortly after that, that's that's where a lot of this power comes from, uh, because that's where we avoid having an impotent faith. Instead, if we see that this ongoing role of Jesus is to help mature the fellowship between us and God, by the fact that he made entrance into it for us, right, that he's maintaining it, and then now he's fostering it and growing it, now we have a now we have access to that king. Now we have access to that one who can do something about stuff we have a powerful king <laughs> because you said relegating to just the cross will leave an impotent faith and that's that's so huge that's, that's what we've been tackling in dna for for a decade you know yeah moving christians onto ongoing life with power by recognizing that the gospel comes with you yeah it wasn't just that moment that we're all trying to remember fondly yeah yeah that's all I have to say about that. <clears throat> I, I had like two or three thoughts, and then they all left me. <laughs> um, oh, that's what I, I was just going to the the why and the how. Like Jesus, um, as our is our the why will we will persevere, um, is because he's the one holding the perseverance in his hand, mm-hmm. and the how, um, is is as we look to him. And as he works that out in us. As you continue to pick up your cross. Yeah. As as we continue to, to trust and, and lean. And then, you know, this, this next week in verses 7 through 10, he's going to talk about how he learned obedience. And then it's going to say, so so he learned obedience and he was perfected. And then... He earns our salvation. <laughs> and then it's going to say, for those who obey. Yeah. Right? And you see this parallel between the perfectly obedient Savior, priest, king, who then earns the salvation for those who will obey. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, th- those two pieces. So he... He, if he's the one holding the reins and he's the one that perfectly obeyed, then my assurance of persevering in that obedience is wrapped up in his persevering in that obedience. Yeah. And that that's just, Which, yeah. Spoiler alert. Why worry about tomorrow? He will. <laughs> yeah. So why why worry about tomorrow? Yeah, absolutely. Very good. Yeah, you, I, you continued uh, <clears throat> in our notes here. The impotent view of the priest and the cross leads to an impotent walk with Jesus from specifically the cross to the new earth. And so now we have the past work of Christ, we have the present work of Christ, and then you look towards that future grace, that eschatological end. Mm-hmm. Uh, where are we heading and, and what can we... What To use some more Hebrews language, what is our hope in, right? Yeah. The, the hope that we're supposed to be being boastful in. Yeah. It's found there. That's where we see a, a power. We're walking not just to a savior, which is certainly glorious. Yeah. But a priest king. Yeah. Who's on the throne. Yeah. I, I, I don't, you know, maybe call me a heretic for this, but I, I don't I don't think Hebrews is screaming, look back at the cross, look back at the cross, look back at the cross. <laughs> I, th- I think Hebrews is screaming, look at the priest. Look mm-hmm. at the priest. Look at the priest. 
and that includes the cross. Yeah, this includes all the things that chapter 11 people were believing. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's, that's that's what I'm saying. The the look at the look at the priest, look at the priest, look at the priest mm-hmm. is have faith in the priest, have faith in the priest, have faith in the priest. For all those folks who couldn't see him. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So that that's that's the drive. And so if your walk with the Lord is just look at the cross, look at the cross, look at the cross, look at the cross. Um and so, so a, I think that that's uh, an incomplete picture. Um, but then, if you couple that with your cross, your theology of the cross is is a savior who was helpless at, in the time, or functionally helpless, and just kind of placed himself up there. It was all happening to him, right? Yep. Um. Then, then no wonder you're going to walk an impotent life, a powerless life. Like, like no wonder. No wonder you're not going to overcome sin mm-hmm. or it's going to take you a daggone long time. Like, and, and no wonder you're not going to walk with the oil of gladness. Mm-hmm. And, and your household's filled with joy and rejoicing and more singing coming from your tents than the pagans around you because your, your life is not much different than theirs. Mm-hmm. But when, when your look is to the priest, uh, to Jesus, who was priestly then and is priestly now and has the power to do something about it, just as he had the power when he was actively working at the cross, then the, the, why worry about tomorrow? Like I just said a couple minutes ago. Yeah, hope, hopeful boasting. Yeah. yeah, confidence. Like, mm-hmm. all right, I, I I get it. This sin sucks. It's terrible. It's not fun. And and and, but he who began to work will will complete it. Well, this is what we why? talked about. How, why is Paul confident in that? Yes, because he understands this priest uh-huh. was actively at work on the cross and is still actively at work and can do everything he's promised to do. Yeah, we've talked about that. Cold pizza, people misinterpreting suffering for failing in faith, right? Mm. The idea is of suffering is still with you. You can be joyful in suffering because it's, suffering is not a lack of faith. Su- suffering comes from faith. Yeah. The fact that you, you believe these things are true. Well, Jesus was readied to earn our salvation by suffering. Mm-hmm. We are being readied to receive our salvation through suffering. Yep. Right? He yep. he was being ready to earn it. We're being readied to see it. Mm-hmm. When our faith gives way to sight. Yep. Yep. Why does that melt? I forgot. Last thing I wanted to hit, though, was uh, you were touching, I think, on some of what's coming with the learned obedience piece. Uh, but you, you said that <clears throat> Jesus had things to put himself through. Uh, he still had things to put himself through as he was learning obedience and understanding uh, the the human component piece, right? Mm-hmm. And to me, what you just the language that that is of had things to put himself through is not things that were happening to him. Uh, all this stuff, it's him going and putting himself voluntarily under hardship, and, and that just 
to me with what we've been talking about and staff and with some of the the parenting class and whatnot that, that's masculinity ideally mm-hmm. to a t i mean voluntary hardship looking for these things and and bringing dominion to them conquering them um going out and getting them and then bringing dominion to himself mm-hmm. right and this is voluntary hardship he had things to put himself through because it's super helpful and just a perspective and a challenge uh, to recognize that Jesus has really paved the way on all of these things, including voluntary hardship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, masculinity, I think, at its core uh, is assuming responsibility for others and laying your life down in that process. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could probably be said better, but that's kind of what I boil that down to. And mm-hmm. and here Jesus assumes responsibility uh, and then lays his life down. And that not just lays his life down at the cross, but lays his life down as he in the incarnation, lays his life down in his current work as a, a priest. A living right? sacrifice, like we're called to be. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and, you know, I forget where I was going with that. <laughs> just, um, oh, that's what it was. And then, and then to, for us to like, we get, I think, unless I'm misreading the people I have around me um, and I'm preaching to, we just get so uncomfortable with uh, Christ not at all moments in his incarnation being perfectly everything we imagine him needing to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, that just makes us, what do you mean? You know, or even the thought that Jesus wouldn't hammer a nail in perfectly every time. <laughs> right? <laughs> like yeah. it's okay. Like he didn't. And that doesn't it doesn't make him less man or less God. Mm-hmm. Um now I think God hammers in a nail perfectly every time. Mm-hmm. Um but Jesus veils like uh, his his divinity aspect that would cause him to hammer that nail in perfectly every time mm-hmm. is veiled in his humanity. And I know, again, that makes some of us uncomfortable. Jesus hit his thumb with a hammer. He would have hit his thumb with a hammer. And what would he have said? You know, we had this conversation at the dinner table a few weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally not kidding. Uh, my kids understand my theology of of cursing, um, and uh, that's a conversation for another time. But uh, what would he have said? I, I don't know if we I don't know if we have time. Oh no, I know what he <laughs> he would have said me. Right, that's how it works. <clears throat> yeah, uh, you're welcome. That was free. He was yes. So that that's it's not. Um, he had things that needed to be added to his uh, to his bucket list, if you will. Yeah, there were things left to be done, and we'll see that more this next week. Um, he was not perfected for the office of priest until the end. Mm-hmm. Um, he was not perfected to step foot. Um into that office until he finished what God had called him to do until he had perfectly 
carried out the heart of the law in everything he did. Yeah, I, I put that at the end of my notes. I, I, it might have been during your perseverance piece. But I have, he was both qualified and appointed and thus acceptable. Yes. Well, that, so that would have, no, yeah, I made that point. He, he's, he had to be qualified and appointed. Mm-hmm. One without the other, he's still insufficient. Yeah. And unacceptable. Uh, yeah, unacceptable. Yeah. So there you go. So Jesus had a mission and, he stopped at nothing to complete that mission. And I think we'll see more of that this, this upcoming week, but, mm-hmm. and his learning obedience and his being perfected for the office. And, uh, you know, the, the joy I think that we, that we've got to walk away with and maybe we can end here is that's the one in whose image I now bear. You're being fashioned into, I mean, I'm being fashioned into, and if and if he did that, then again, what do I what do I have to worry about? Mm-hmm. And I know it's hard to believe, and it takes faith and repentance. But um, that's I get to walk in that. But like, that what do but I got to worry about? That's the point of a priest. Yeah, that's what the office was created for. Yeah, no other. I mean, you see our culture worrying about everything because their appointed priests can't yeah. deliver. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're <laughs> sorry. I was gonna go on maybe I'll, I'll I'll do it anyways. You know, like like Hollywood and their devil show last night or two nights ago, whenever it was. The Grammys. The Grammys. Oh okay. Oh yeah, I mean they had a uh, yeah. Those are their priests. Oh yeah. I, I, did you see it? No. Did you see? Oh man, I, I forget. It's one of the like leading homosexual like performers. I forget his name. Sam. Sam something. Anyways, has this just freakish, nasty, uh, like explicitly satanic um, uh, show in the middle of the Grammys. Yeah. Uh, cages, uh, devil pointy ears, <laughs> twerking, the whole thing. The whole thing. And that that is our world's priests. Yeah. It was here, I mean, and even the lyrics to the song is just like I, this idea uh, of just come save us. We wondered when the day would come when it would just be out in the open and obvious, and here it is. It is. It, it is. The other day, mm. or yesterday, um, there was a news report. Um, the Xenia YMCA has had somebody, a, a member, arrested because of three counts of public indecency with minors from a trans person in the bathroom, in the women's bathroom. Oh, really? Yeah. The one that we know... Yeah. Um, the pastor who's been fighting a, against that. A pastor that. who's been fighting against that yep. crap. Yeah, and so the Greene County uh, commissioners or whoever's responsible for that is prosecuting that person. Good. And then they said that if they're successful against them, they're going to prosecute the YMCA for aiding and abetting. Good. Which is awesome. Which is fantastic. And and goes straight then to the Dayton office for that. But then the response to that, though, what, there's a myriad of responses. But this one is so illuminating to what you're pointing out of just naming what they're actually trying to serve and protect, right? Uh, the opposition, uh, this is cold pizza, I'll just say it. It says the Democrat Party responds to this and says, 
let's just face it. These are all Republicans who are upset about this. And you would think that they have better things to do, like inflation <laughs> and the struggle to find jobs than this. And then to protect little kids. Thank you. Name the this, because if you actually have to say it out loud, then it sounds as crazy as it is. But yeah, there are apparently more important things to do than protect minors from perverts, right? Yeah. So, my bad. <laughs> no, name it what it is. Like that is that is that is the pinnacle of of satanic self love, right? Self expression. Mm-hmm. It all comes through that. Yeah. So as I was talking to Pastor Jeff earlier, and he goes, "That's what the plus meant." They've been telling us all along. Mm-hmm. Pedophilia, <laughs> all the way, all the way. So yeah. Well, our, and and to bring that maybe a little closer to home is it's there right are, there. There are so <laughs> well, not geographical at home, but uh, uh, mental and and emotional and spiritual home. Uh, I got you. What priest do you turn to? Uh-huh. Right. What what, what priest do you turn to for hope? And, and what's a lot getting of, sacrificed? What's getting sacrificed on the altar for your deliverance? Yeah, and and name it. It could be your spouse. It could be your kids. It could be your schedule. It could be your time. It could be your boss. It could be money. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be your pastor. It could be your church. Mm-hmm. Lots of lots of people get sacrificed on that altar mm-hmm. um, because you're looking to them for hope. Yep. And and you're discontent. You're impotent. You're powerless. You're weak. You're hurting other people in the process. Mm-hmm. When um, Jesus came, mm-hmm. Jesus, and again, why worry? Mm-hmm. Place your trust in Him. Yep. He came. He did all of those things that that you desperately need mm-hmm. yep. that you desperately need he kept the law in a fashion of which no man could ever keep mm-hmm. lean into him that yeah. priest is effective mm-hmm. there you go it is finished it is finished well thank you guys for joining us again this week uh, that'll do it for us and we want to encourage you guys as always to know love and obey Jesus as Lord over all we'll see you next week see you guys